word of God says, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. This is the word of God. Amen. Amen. And amen. You know, Jesus has a way of dropping a heavy word on you, doesn't he? Um, it, it always blows my mind that every time Jesus drops a heavy word, it's like, man, Jesus, you just ruined the party. And then after you get done really digging into what he has said, you realize that Jesus just gave you something new to celebrate. But this morning, I want to start out by just asking a simple question. How many of you have questioned if you are really saved? This is a safe place. How many of you have ever been afraid that you're not really saved? I see I'm not alone this morning. I used to ask that question all the time, especially as a kid. See, I always wanted concrete answers. And I would lay awake at night into the wee hours of the morning questioning, can I trust God? And if I can trust God, can he trust me? Am I really following him? I would hear sermons that would talk about what it means to have a Christ-like character. And even sermons that talked about what to look for in a leader and how it looks when they're displaying Christ-like character. And those are great. And if you're looking for sermons in that vein, then you can look back over the last couple of weeks on our YouTube and look at the sermons that, that we just recently published. But they never would really answer my question, the question, am I saved? And that really is a church or rather a biblical term to describe having a relationship with Jesus. That's what leads us to living out what we've seen in the last few sermons. That's what allows us to experience and gives us access to the kingdom of heaven and the promises of God both in this life and in the next. It's pretty important. And that's why I love passages like this because they speak to our inner fears in a way that we can understand. You know, I believe that there are two types of people that this passage is speaking to directly. There are those who believe in Christ and they're questioning whether or not they're really saved. And then there are those who associate with Christ and they believe that that's enough to save them. And those in the first category, to, to help make it a little clearer for you, they, they may be asking questions like this. Am I doing enough good things? Do I know enough about God to get into heaven? Or did that prayer really change anything? 
If you've asked these questions, then you may have been or you may still be in this category. But those in that second category are probably making statements like this. You know, I've been pretty consistent recently. I think I'm doing good enough. Overall, I'm a good person. God knows that, right? Or I'm a church person now. This sermon must be about somebody else. I have said it. Guilty. Sometimes I've written it and been like, this was for me. Guilty. I've been in both places and I still had the same question. The good thing is that this passage offers what I always wished I had as a kid when my mind would start to run in circles. Clarity. No matter which category you fall in, I believe that you can walk away today knowing the answer to the question, am I saved? So today I want to give you guys the tools, but I want to give you the tools to answer that question for yourself. This passage can be found in page 40 of your Matthew journals. Those of you who have picked those up at the back, we have a few extra if you want to buy one after service. But that's page 40 in your Matthew journal and page 581 in the blue Bibles in your seat. If you don't have a Bible, you don't have a Bible that's easy to read, you could take that one as a gift from us to you. You received a pencil as you came in, and I really want us to turn to that passage together, and here's why. Because I want us to take some notes today. I want us to take a few notes. Won't have you write too much. I'm not going to test you on it. It's just for you. So write it how you want to write it. Draw a doodle if you need to remember. But while you're doing that, no matter what side of the fence you're on, I want to look at Jesus's words and allow him to give us clarity so that we can take our next step today, whatever that is. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. If you're ready and you're there, say, hoo ah. All right. If you need some time, say, oh, no. All right. I'll give you a little more time, a little more time. Page 40 or page 581 if you're in those blue Bibles. Okay. Looks like most of us are there. All right. First point, man, the age-old question that's been asked for 2,000 years. Am I really saved? How do I know if I'm really saved? Well, here's the answer. You do the will of the Father. The end. All right. Thank y'all, man. Worship team calling up. We're going to head out of here. Let's pray. Let's pray. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, I'm joking. What does that mean, right? Like, Braille. You got 30 minutes. (laughs) Well, Jesus draws some interesting contrast to help us understand what it means to do the will of the Father. So let's put his examples into three categories. Prophecy, cast out demons, and do mighty works. You know, today we're going to play a little game called How do I get to heaven? How do I get to heaven? And there are two things I need. One, Brandon, I need you to grab those candy bars for me in our regular spot. Thank you, sir. Yeah, yeah, it's getting real. It's getting real. For the opportunity to win a pair of wireless headphones, I'm going to need two volunteers to play this game with me. I need two volunteers from the audience to play this game with me. 
to hand while you guys are figuring out if you want to. Oh, we got two right here. Come on up. Give them a hand as they come up. Miss Kendall, could you help us out up here? We're going to make it a current party up in this place. We're going to make it a current party up in this place. Miss Kendall is going to be here. She's going to be handing out um, some of our consolation prizes. If we get the wrong answer, you, could, you might still be able to get a little, a little sum, a little sum, a little sum. Okay. All right. Person with the largest hair goes first. Kashan, you're up. So here's how you play the game. You can ask the audience, but which one of these three categories is the most likely to get you into heaven? Which one of these three categories is the most likely to get you into heaven? Is it prophecy, cast out demons, or do mighty works? Kashan, you're up first. It's a hard one, I know. Oh, the audience is talking to you. I All right, my man said, do mighty works. All right, give him a hand. Good answer, good answer, good answer. All right, here's our contextual definition. To do exceptional things, to achieve great success, and to perform miracles in the name of Jesus. Whew, that's pretty good. For those of you who are taking notes, yeah, that's a good answer. It's a good answer. Write down next to do mighty works in your journal and your Bible, miracles and success. Miracles and success. So performing miracles and achieving success. Now, if any, I feel like this would get us into the club. I think that's a good answer. Let's see what Jesus' response. Jesus' response. Ooh, I never knew you. Depart from me, you worker of lawlessness. Oh, oh. Let's see what the sermon has to say about this. It says, success and power doesn't equal relationship. You can have a business that grows and give all the proceeds to the church, and that's still not what Jesus is saying in doing the will of God. Even if you turned your life around from drugs or from some crazy experience, you got a huge platform where you gave God all the glory that still doesn't seal the deal. Man, I'm sorry, but we want to thank you for playing. Hey, and that grace, that forgiveness is like sweet honey on our lips. So you can pick out a candy bar and take your seat. Give them a hand. Give them a hand. Give them a hand. All right, Kobe, another one of our current students. It's up to you to bring it home. But now you got a 50% chance of getting it right. Is it prophecy or casting out demons? You're only allowed to choose one of those two. See, he's a He's a current student. He's a current student. He's like, I feel like I know. He's a current student. All right. One of those two. <laughs> cast out demons. All right. That's a good answer. Good answer. Good answer. You can only do that by the power of the Holy Spirit, I believe. So we got that. All right. To cast out demons, cult- cultural or contextual definition. To remove evil spirits from others. To remove evil from places where it should not be. In the name of Jesus. Now that sounds pretty good. Write down in your journals by cast out demons to remove evil in Jesus' name. To remove evil in Jesus' name. Not in my name, not John's name, in Jesus' name. That's got to be it. All right, let's see. Jesus' response. Ooh. 
harsh words. I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. But hey, man, we won't let you go home empty-handed. You still got Jesus and a full-size candy bar. Come on, give it up for him as he goes down, as he goes down. Thank you so much, Miss Kendall, for helping us out. Hey, we don't have any more contestants, but we only have one more, one more to do. Let's say it together. Prophecy, contextual definition, to announce or pronounce God's word, to speak the word of God, to share the gospel. That's God. How many of y'all think that's it? That's got to be it. Write in your journals or in your Bibles by prophecy to share the gospel, to share the gospel. I think we might need to change the slide. Let's see Jesus' response. <laughs> I never knew you. Depart from me, you worker of lawlessness. Now, I feel like I need to just look this way for a little, <laughs> look this way for a little bit. Okay. All right. All right. I thought for sure that, that's a plot twist. All right. All right. All right. I'm not going to take the headphones. We'll save those for generation camp next summer. <laughs> but okay. I'm sure most of you guys are thinking by now the game was rigged. You would be right. I just wanted to give you all some candy. But according to the scripture, none of those things proved that we're saved. But that doesn't mean that we can't know. I want to tell you guys a real quick story. You know, there was a rich man who loved his community and his family. And he, his wife, and his son would do fun things together all the time. And his son would always invite his friend, Adam. If you're looking at my shoes, I know they're untied. I'm looking out for it. So you don't have to worry. It's okay. It's all right. I'm stepping around it. I know. Um, but his son would always invite his friend Adam along. Now, Adam would eat dinner with them at their house. I mean, he loved being around their family. He loved being around their family so much. It made him feel great to be with them and doing the things that they did. And he was so happy that he started doing chores at the rich man's house. I mean, he would wash dishes. He would cut the grass. I mean, he didn't even mind helping with the laundry. Now, you know, that's commitment. One day, Adam headed over to the rich man's house like usual, and everyone was packing up their bags. And his friend, his friend's mom, and the rich man, they all had tickets in their hand. And Adam asked about it, and his friend told him, he said, they were going on a vacation to the Bahamas to get some rest. Now, Adam got excited. Without hearing another word, Adam rushes into the living room excitedly and he goes to the rich man and he tells him, thank you so much for this opportunity. I never could have afforded this on my own. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And the rich man looks up and he goes, I'm sorry, who are you? Adam says, I'm, I'm Adam. Man, I'm here all the time. I mean, I, I cut the grass sometimes. Sometimes I even do y'all laundry, man. And I've eaten with you guys several times. And the rich man says, I'm sorry, son. I don't have any more tickets. This is a family vacation. Some of you today are wondering whether or not you are Adam. 
if you're going to get to the end of this life and stand before Jesus as judge, and he's going to look up and you're going to say, look at all the great things I did. And he's going to say, I'm sorry, son. Who are you? But I told you today that we're going to get clarity. Here's what Jesus says about being a part of his family in John 6, 26 through 29. It says, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs. But don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of approval. And they replied, we want to perform God's works too. What should we do? Look what Jesus says. This is the only work that God wants from you. Believe in the one he sent. Romans 8, 15 through 16 says this. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. If you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ today, you have been adopted into his family. You are his heir. It doesn't matter how many times you mowed the grass or how many times that you didn't. You don't have to wonder if you've done enough right. I'm going to tell you right now, you haven't. You don't have to wonder if you know enough to get into heaven. I'm going to tell you right now, you don't. But the Father has a ticket for you. Because you are his family. But some of you today have realized that you're Adam. And it doesn't matter how many times that you show up or even serve on a Sunday morning. It doesn't matter how many times you come to current. It doesn't matter how many people you sign up for the Dolly Parton Imagination Library or how many people you even lead to the Father yourself. It may feel good and it should feel good to do those things, but Jesus doesn't know you. And that means his promises. For peace that surpasses all understanding, for unshakable joy, to to have someone to walk with you and even when you suffer and experiencing the presence, his presence, both in life, this life and the next, those promises don't apply to you, but they can. Romans 10, 9, 11 says this. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. It's not because of something you've done. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you have been saved. It's not by anything special that you can learn. As the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. So I ask you the question again today, if you're here in person or 
If you're joining us online, are you saved? If your answer is yes, I want to invite you to respond to God through this next song in gratitude. Gratitude for our God, for the Father, the one who sent the Messiah. Thanking him for bringing you into his home. Thanking him for affording you peace that you couldn't afford on your own and rest that you could never find. And for giving you the confidence that you are his child. But if your answer was no, I want to give you the opportunity to change that today. Believe in the one who he sent. Acknowledge him as the Lord of your life. That doesn't mean that you're going to be perfect tomorrow. Be honest with you. It doesn't mean you're perfect today. I'm not. But it means that you believe in Christ and that you're trusting him to do the rest. If you make that decision today, there are two ways that you can respond right now. The first is you can let us know either on the online chat or by texting in the word C-O-N-N-E-C-T, that's connect, to 785-432-4544. And that's just so that we know that you've taken that step and we can help connect you to God's family and help you to learn what it looks like to live out your life as God's child, not striving to become God's child. Because that's a position that no one and nothing can ever take from you. The second way that you can respond today is by being obedient to Christ. Jesus said that for all of those who put their faith in him and in him alone, that they should be baptized. And what does that mean? It means that you go in the water, you go down, we don't hold you down, but you go down and you come back up. And what does that mean? It symbolizes that you've died with Jesus who died for us. And just as he was raised on the third day, that you are being raised as a new creature with him. It's the open declaration. It's the public declaration of a private or inward change. And we do it because Jesus commanded us to. If you make that step today, or if you've made that step and you said, Jesus is my Lord and Savior and I want to follow him. But you haven't started doing what he says. I want to invite you to do that today. There are deacons in the back. They're waiting right now. Go let them know that you want to make that step today. We got extra shirts for you. We got towels for you. Don't worry about who's looking, who is here and who isn't here. I mean, you can let them know it's online. You can send them the video. I want to encourage you to be, come on now. Amen. Come on now. Be obedient to God. We don't want to abuse his grace. God has given us time. God has given us space. God has overlooked, but God does see. Not getting baptized doesn't mean you aren't saved. But if walking with Jesus is how I experience his promises, I don't want to be anywhere else. 
Jesus said, here's the step. If he's telling you today that this is your step, listen and respond. In a second, I'm going to pray. And we're going to sing a song as we respond to who God is and what he's done. And we want to give you the opportunity to respond. It's not too late. It's not too late. We'll sing an extra chorus for you if you need to go back and get your clothes. But don't let this be a day that you let pass without walking with your Savior. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your grace. (laughs) I thank you, Lord, that you come to us, that you see all, you know all. But you don't come with us to us with condemnation or shame. But you come to us offering us something better. You come to us saying as we repent and turn away from our sins, Lord, that you would give us unspeakable joy. That you would give us peace that surpasses anything that we could understand. That you would give us someone to cast our cares onto. That you would give us someone who would be closer than a brother. That you would allow us access to the strong tower. That you would be our champion. That you would be our refuge. That you would be our hope. That you would give us wisdom. That you would give us peace, Lord, you promised. You're not a man that you would lie. Lord, you don't even make mistakes. <laughs> Lord, we get to put our lives in your hands. If there's anyone under the sound of my voice who hasn't made that choice today, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would knock on the doors of their hearts and, Lord, that you would give them the strength to open. And, Lord, if there's anyone here today who has claimed you to be their Savior, but has refused to make you their Lord. The Lord, you would continue to offer your forgiveness and that today they would accept your grace, not as a license, but Lord, as a doorway to step back into relationship with you. We love you. We give you all the praise and it is in the name of your son, Jesus, that we say together, amen.